welcome to the Madness in Movies podcast. Uh-huh. Where we discuss madness through the lens of film and pop culture. And pop culture through the lens of madness. And we find madness in the places where you least expect it. Yeah, like movies or pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are with a guest named Kaz and... Say words. <laughs> I, I'm here, yes, thank you. Um, Kaz DeWolf. Yeah. They're also a yeah. Mad Pride activist and um, a psychiatric survivor and have experience with movies. I do have, I actually have a lot of experience with movies because I, believe it or not, have a degree. Oh, that's cool. Wait, what? I didn't know that. Well, hello. I do. I have a... I, I went to Ithaca College Park School of Communications. I have a Bachelor of Science in Cinema and Photography. We have a concentration. That's in awesome. Cinema. Bachelor of Science. Wow. Fancy, fancy. Yep. Yeah. So today we are talking about the Golden Compass. Kaz, you want to give us a synopsis on Golden Compass? A synopsis on the Golden Compass. Okay, so... Um, we are informed at the beginning of the film that there are multiple realities, there's multiple universes, and um, the one that we're focusing on is like a steampunk uh, version of uh, the world centered in uh, the UK, only it's not called the UK, specifically starts in Oxford uh, at a fictional college called Jordan College. Um, where there's a little girl, an orphan, uh, growing up wild, uh, ruffian, um, being raised by scholars. Uh, and she, uh, goes off on an adventure being told she's going to go on a journey to the north, uh, with a very fancy lady and gets gifted a golden compass from the master of Jordan College. Mm. That's, that's a truth leader. <laughs> Um, which she does not know how to use it at first, and then and yeah. figures out in like two scenes. Uh, how 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 much of this plot am I as, telling? As much as you think is necessary for someone to understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's that's the set. So oh, the the other setup is that um, children all over children uh, uh, orphans and and children of servants are being um, kidnapped by. A mysterious group of people called the Gobblers, um, and they're taken. It's the Gobblers are actually working for the Magisterium, which they're the man. Uh, they're the man, and they're an allegory for the church and the state. I guess I don't know. Um, and they're being experimented on, and they're having. Oh, I forgot to mention that also in this world, people's souls are external and take the form yes. of animals that can, as children, shapeshift. Yes. Right. And there's particle physics involved with this. Um, there's these particles called dust, which comes come from space and come through people's demons uh, and into them. And there's a lot of mystery and uh, like taboo involved with these particles. Um, the magisterium doesn't want yeah, to know it does to me it felt very the magisterium felt very like 
1600s kind of like catholic church trying to like keep a lid on galileo or copernicus like that kind of vibe yes yes Yes. and the experiments are basically to separate the children from their demons that is what has happened so there's the fear of dust coming from space um they they think that it's very very bad and so if they can just sever children from their demons then the children will never get polluted with these particles from tiny particles of sin Uh, (laughs) yes tiny particles of sin yes naughtiness that there that starts to happen at puberty when their demons settle that's when the dust Mm -hmm. settles on them um so as they reach puberty all sorts of sinfulness inhabits their bodies and that needs to be cut away yeah by the by the majesty so if you hadn't guessed this is an atheist book series it started out (laughs) as a trilogy written by philip pullman um and then it became a film and the book series is known as like kind of the atheist narnia like very um very critical of religion especially organized religion and then the film basically was going to be atheist, but then Nicole Kidman was like, no, that's that religious <laughs> objection to it. And that's the so, long and short. Nicole Kidman yeah. said, nah, hold on. And so they like tried to yeah, take yeah. out the atheism, but there's still this like magisterium that I guess is supposed to be organized religion, the Catholic Church, whatever but they try not to make it religious. Yeah, it's really it's really unclear in the movie what <laughs> is the magisterium. See. Um, there's there's some religious undertones there, but it also just seems like just yeah. like an authority. It seems like, like the government or something, maybe. See, I don't know. You say yeah. that, but, like, I don't know. Just as an example, the building where they kept Mr. Polar Bear's armor, right? Know. Like, he breaks into this building, and it's got, like, paintings of saints kind of in the old christian tradition like all oh, over the building true. like paintings of saints and stuff and they're kind of they kind of dress like bishops and cardinals and i'm like uh-huh yeah yeah real subtle here <laughs> yeah okay that's true that was the one that was the one part of the movie where that was sort of explicitly clear yeah a lot of so yeah a lot of visual symbolism but they don't like explicitly yeah. Di- address it yeah right um and there's when they you, when Lyra and Mrs. Coulter are flying over into London from Oxford, uh, Lyra sees the seat mm-hmm. of power, mm-hmm. uh, asks about it. That's the seat mm-hmm. of the Magisterium, this big, grand, cathedral-ish looking mm-hmm. building. But it's it's the architecture is not clearly um, doesn't clearly speak to Catholicism or any sort of church. Uh, but that she so she asks, "What is the Magisterium?" Mrs. Coulter says that it helps people. It's what the world needs. It's what people need. And it tells people what to do. Um, earlier, they had shared a little, like, anti-authoritarian moment where Mrs. Coulter had actually encouraged Lyra in her defiance of the Jordan College masters, um, saying that she never wanted to do what people told her and that she, she, she knew that she could just trust her demon and that they could be left alone to... to do what they wanted or whatever. I don't basically know what that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, basically, so Lyra says to her as she's hearing about the magisterium, I thought you never wanted to do what you told. And um, Mrs. Coulter 
says that some people know what's best for them and some people don't know what's best for them and that the magisterium is helpful um, and it t- tells people what to do exactly. in a kindly way and to keep them yeah. from... Yeah, not a mean it. way. We tell people and to I, do, but in, it, we're nice about way. it. <laughs> nice about it, and it's for their own good. It keeps them from danger. So it's like, this is just very clearly paternalism. Um, so I think that that's, like, the, the major theme of the movie is, like, defiance of paternalism. Yes. Um. Yeah, throughout the whole movie, there's this idea that, yeah, some people, and especially children, don't know what's best for them, and they need to be protected through very, very violent acts, basically. So the movie kind of revolves around um, intercision, which is basically, yeah, separating kids from their demons, this embodied soul that they have, um, so that the dust does not enter them or doesn't affect them so that they won't have these um, impure thoughts or um, negative feelings, naughty, bad, sinful behaviors. So, um, yeah, and and we get to see intercision at one point. um, Lyra is about to be separated from her demon and it's it's just incredibly incredibly violent um it's she's like put in this cage and you see this like big like i guess electric force field kind of thing yeah going down and she's like screaming and crying and it's yeah it's just like this really horrifying act that's supposedly done for their own good yeah yeah and and mrs coulter admits mrs coulter stops it saves lyra uh, from that and then admits that the, the process isn't perfected yet and it's, and it's still pretty harmful but it doesn't matter to like ordinary people I guess yeah. ordinary people it, do, it doesn't matter if they're we're willing, we're willing to sacrifice a thousand orphans to figure this out but oh we shouldn't put you through it you're, you're, you're special <laughs> yeah she's like don't worry right. this will never right. happen to you because, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. because uh, Luke I am your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Right. Spoiler alert. Oh, this, there. Uh, if you're listening alert. to this podcast, this whole thing is a spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> yes. yes. So we saw a lot of parallels between this intercision and different acts kind of that have happened throughout history toward people um, supposedly for their own good. Definitely... Um, there is a parallel between intercision and circumcision that's explicitly talked about in the yep. book and, and kind of very heavily alluded to in the movie. Nicole Kidman says, like, it'll just be a cut or something like that. I mean, you say heavily. I didn't make yeah. the connection. but Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it was really just explicitly stated in the books at one point and alluded to heavily elsewhere in the books. Um, so it's it's... It's kind of unfortunate. It's the the whole the whole movie. I feel like just failed to deliver some punches. Um, kind of deliberately. yeah. Pulled, yeah. Every time they're like winding up for a punch, and then Nicole Kidman's like, "You sure you want to do that?" And they're like, "Oh, ouch! I missed. Right. That was oh, that was so close. I almost yeah. I almost hit you there. Yeah. I almost hit you there." <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, um, circumcision was originally kind of carried out um to prevent 
I guess, like, when it was becoming widespread to prevent masturbation. That was the idea. So, so I mean, originally, originally it was a, a Jewish tradition. Um, but, yeah, the how it became widespread in, like, American culture, mainstream American culture was... And and probably British also. Oh, it was yeah, like Victorian yeah. age. That was when it was just yeah, vi- this Victorian age fear of masturbation as unhealthy, and that um, there there was a belief that cutting away the foreskin would prevent a lot of masturbation, um, which of course isn't even no, true. not in the. No. 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 I mean, I guess maybe in the very loosest sense that, like, if it hurts for a while, people will probably be afraid to touch it. Yeah, I mean, they were they were encouraging circumcision mm. of infants, mm. though. So I think that I think they really just didn't quite understand that masturbation could still work. That's <laughs> so weird. You know? I feel like that probably yeah. took about a generation to sort out. <laughs> Yeah, and so why would they keep doing it? Well, and then then it's well then then the fear is germs, and so it's still for your own good. It's just instead of fearing masturbation, we're fearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and instead of using circumcision, now we have Kellogg's cereal and the Boy Scouts to to deal with it. Right, so much more humane than circumcision. Yeah, Kellogg's cereal. Kellogg's. Oh yeah. 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 Feed them the blandest diet possible, and they won't have the. The, the spunk to, yeah. to 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 spunk I guess <laughs> right, right that's exactly how that works yeah well yeah and then the Boy Scouts was like get them out into nature keep them active keep them moving get them very very <laughs> yeah. worn out all the time just keep them moving and so they don't have time to masturbate <laughs> yeah well Boy Boy Scouts also though was about um, so, oh this ties us back into AD, oh yeah which becomes yeah. a a thing we wanted to bring up. So Boy, Boy Scouts also was this fear that there was a whole generation of boys who were being raised too feminine oh, because there was the the return to normalcy um, and like the the stay at home moms huh. raising the kids while the while the oh, man goes off to work, the husband goes, the father goes off to work. Really, kind of actually was a very different family structure than than American society had ever had. And so fathers were doing way less parenting of their children and mothers were taking on all of that. So there was a whole generation of boys who weren't growing up learning the hmm. man stuff. And so the Boy Scouts started as this way to, to butch oh. all the boys um, and take them camping and learn hunting and learn how to be men. Um, which brings us back to ABA because that's also how ABA started. Mm-hmm. was uh, Ivar Lovas's first case studies were on reducing feminine behaviors in mm. boys um, and that brings mm-hmm. us back to the magisterium's uh, experiments on the children that are happening in this place called Bolvingar that's this institution it's a very sterile institution that yes looks very much like a place mm-hmm. where ABA happens um, yeah um so i thought it was really interesting that as soon as someone i I think it's billy um like enters this place i think or no maybe it's not billy someone enters and they're like what do you do here and they say we help children grow up Um, oh no that's when that's lyra that's lyra that was when lyra okay yeah so that's their whole thing they help children grow up 
Um, and I, I thought that was just like a really interesting parallel with ABA that ABA is all about like hitting developmental milestones and and measuring kids in terms of like developmental age, right? Like, oh, he has the mind of a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you define what a seven-year-old uh-huh. mind is? Like, how do you define that? Like, what is? Yeah, we have these just very like rigid linear timelines of when you're supposed to start doing things, speaking or academic achievements or whatever um and yeah anyone who falls outside of that or it takes extra time that's seen as like very very bad and terrible yep and so yeah all of the all of the behavior plans uh to when i when i worked in aba which i deeply regret it was a long time ago um yeah they, you would look at those those developmental mile marks that aren't being set in order to create a, a like tar, like a list of target behaviors that you're gonna then then train the kids to like sort of force the, the kids to meet those mile marks um, so yeah it's very much about we're helping these children grow up these children aren't, aren't going to grow up right on their own they're not hitting the yeah it's interesting also the I think there's like a cartoon photo out there of Lyra um, being separated from her demon in that horrible like torture machine. And that's always the image that I send to people when they say like people with autism or (laughs) what do you think of person first language? Uh Um, Because yeah, it's, it's all about like separating. We, we decided that these character traits, which are like actually an integral part of you, we decided that like, they're, they're not good. We don't like them. They're, they're bad. They're impure. They're disordered. And so we're going to like separate that from you and make you a different person because we don't like this for whatever reason. And that's pretty much what they're doing in Golden Compass, what intercision is. It's like your, your demon in this universe is this integral part of you it's your soul but they're like no we don't like that that's impure that's not innocent that's not in line with our like religious values well, it's so not, it's not conformist yeah 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 it's, it's not conforming the right conform- way yeah but. so like we're just gonna separate it off and like it's fine you know you're just a person with a demon like <laughs> the demon isn't like part of your personhood mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right yeah, and in the in the they didn't show it in the movie, but in the book, some of, some of the staff had their demons cut away, mm-hmm. and they like uh, Lyra when she first saw them, like startled, but she didn't know why it was so jarring. Like their demons were still there, but there there was just something oh, wrong about them. The demon um, demons are just like running um, around in the room, but like disconnected. No, they're 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 trotting alongside. They're human. They're not they're not wandering off and being being like unusually far away from them. But there's just like something visually wrong, and Lyra is like very startled when she sees these demons who seem to to just ha- they have no expression. They just mm-hmm. sort of trot along, and and um, and Mrs. Coulter describes them as like a very loving pet. But it's like it's no longer your soul. It's it's become so it's. It, yeah, I don't know no. what, how that relates to what we were. Talking I, I don't know about. if it relates to the, what we um, were talking about, but it relates to a thought that I was kind of having and trying to like puzzle through watching this movie was like all the different kinds of relationships that people have with their demons. That like mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Coulter, like at one point, like I don't know, like they they make a big point of showing that like 
I don't know, if your demon gets uh, choked, right, then it's it's like you're being choked. And mm-hmm. and if you get hit, yep. it's like your, de- you know, your demon feels that same hit. And so there's a point where Mrs. Coulter's, like, demon, like, goes and, like, I don't know, picks up something and she just smacks the shit out of him. And, like, whoa! Yeah, that was, a, that was like a yeah. self-injury Yeah, like self-flagellation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then she and then she coddles her picks her, picks him up and coddles him and said says I would never hurt you. Um, yeah. But she did. She yeah, did. as long as you don't yeah. cross me. Yeah. But right, she also right. does to Lyra. Mm-hmm. She does that to Lyra also. Yeah. Yeah, but that also explains the uh the Russians that have their, their demons, they are all wolves. And uh, but they have all they have their demons on leashes, and they don't seem to have any free will. And I didn't understand that because they didn't actually explain it in the movie. But what you had just said makes it all kind of click into place. That I I I didn't notice the leashes. Yeah, they had like um, what do you see? Like it, it felt to me like. Uh, when they have like those soldiers with like a, a German shepherd on a leash or at a like a, pol- at a police mm-hmm. checkpoint or something, oh. like just barely holding back this snarling animal. If it, that that was my read on it, and I was like, I was like, but wait, yeah. these things are part of them, and that they have to keep it on a leash. Does that mean they can't control? Does that mean it's not part of them? What does this imply about the universe? Mm. And so, well, and and Mrs. Coulter tells Lyra at one point that she needs to get yeah yeah yeah. I, that, I wonder if that also relates to like sanism and how we're seen as uh, to to be lacking yeah. restraint and need, therefore mm-hmm. need to be restrained. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think so, I and I, I think it is very much how a lot of like ABA practitioners or just like therapists in general, like um, mental health practitioners psychiatrists whatever see madness and see um different like types of neurodivergence or whatever it's this idea of like it's okay to have it it's okay to like feel a certain way or like react a certain way but you just have to have control over it and be able to manage it um and be able to put it back in the box at the end of the day yeah 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 i think there's a lot of ways that they show the kids as being yeah, like unrestrained, like that. Like again, that the, their demons kind of just shape shift all the time. Now it's a cat. Now it's a bird. Now it's a raccoon. Now it's whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they fight each other. They, the the kids' demons are just scrapping yeah. all the time. Maybe that was, just, was a that little bit. Too, or was that just in the book? Yeah, right. not as much. But yeah. it's kind of in those early scenes with the kids chasing each other through the mud and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking about that. She, Lyra reminds me so much of mm-hmm. my own kids sometimes, and um, I, I was I was just at a at a gathering with some folks, and there were four kids or three. I don't remember how many kids that were running around, and these these kids were just pummeling each other. My kid was in the mix. They're all just pummeling each other, and I kept being like really terrified yeah. that someone's gonna get hurt. But it was all in good fun. They were all they were all like agreeing to just be <laughs> pummeling each other, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. And I was I was thinking of if if they had demons in the room and like yeah, morphing into a cat and a 
you know, pouncing on each other. And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As kids do. Yes. As kids do. As kids do. I remember when I was in fourth grade, my brother got a bunch of his second grade friends to all jump me <laughs> on the <laughs> playground. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, just kids. <laughs> I, yeah. did, I did that yeah. too when I was a kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, we also were kind of seeing some parallels between intercision and lobotomy. Yes. And maybe yes. like forced ECT or, uh, yes. Um, yeah, with uh, Billy Costa as this non-compliant patient in that setting who then gets gets his demon cut away. Um, where... Uh, sorry, I'm blanking on where. Yeah, um, so he's Egyptian, which I'm not, not. Not Egyptian. Yeah. He's a. Egyptian. Egyptian. <laughs> which a I'm not Egyptian. sure, like, yes. what cultural group that's supposed to represent here, but it's just, like, a cultural minority, and the, like, nurse or whoever is being very racist to him. They're supposed to write letters home. And he doesn't want to, they're supposed to like write letters saying that they're helping out and everything's good. And he doesn't want to write a letter. And the nurse is like, did, did they not teach you to write? Did they not teach gypsum kids how to read? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gypsum, yeah. And then, yeah. To, yeah. To which he replies, they teach us to write the truth. He doesn't want to write lies. Um, and the next time we see Billy... He has been, he has had his demon cut away and is, looks gaunt and frail and um, just, not, he's, he's no longer a whole human. Uh, and, and we were thinking, yeah, thinking about these forced, forced uh, medical procedures that they do on psych non-compliant psych patients which I guess lobotomies probably don't happen much anymore but um, Mm -hmm. ACT happens Um, injections yeah 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 long acting Mm -hmm. neuroleptics Mm -hmm. yeah newer not better yes Yeah, no, because it's it's it, it it really does feel like something from Cuckoo's Nest. Like he just, yeah. The next time you see him, he's just a hollow shell of a man. Like, what? Where am I? What's mm-hmm. what's going yeah. on? Yeah. And I don't want to sound like I I feel like ACT or drugs are always this like destructive thing. I think that I think that there are people who choose that and benefit. But when it's used as an act of violence to like control people, that that was that yeah. was the parallel. I was yeah, 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 absolutely. There. Um, yeah. So we also kind of wanted to just talk about the role of sexuality, um, in the film and in the books, and yeah, just how basically the dust. I think there's this telling of the Adam and Eve story, basically that. Um, there were two people who disobeyed and then that's why we have dust now. Um, we have sin basically, and that leads to like impurity and this happens around puberty. 
Um, and yeah, there's just this idea that like sexuality is wrong and bad um, throughout kind of the whole film. Yeah. Which um, they, 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 they ended this movie before the ending of the book. It's, it's, it's like really yeah. chunked off a little bit. And there was, yeah, and there was a moment towards the end of the book where Lyra had this profound realization that, you know, all of these horrible adults who had done absolutely terrible things thought that the dust was bad. And then she had this realization, like, that means dust is <laughs> That's amazing. Because these people are horrible. Um, so if they hate it, it must be <laughs> um, And that was, and, and it was, it was, there was a lot more, there were a lot more, like, sort of clearly sexual references, like, references to yeah, sexuality. Yeah, because I didn't get the whole sexual um, thing from the movie at all. Uh, yeah, no, the movie was so very tame, and, and it's really unfortunate. Um, but I really appreciate Philip Pullman's sort of telling prepubescent and pubescent children not to fear their, mm. in this way, not to fear their sexuality or think that it's sinful or wrong. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. If th- This almost reminds me of, like, I, I have recently discovered, um, what do they call them? Oh, this was uh, the Gospel of Judas. Uh, yeah, this like rediscovered oh, yeah. gospel, this, this uh, you know book of the Bible that was, you know, whatever declared heresy and removed and burned and all this, and they found, mm-hmm. you know, so they found a copy of it, um, and it's just it, it feels like a lot of what you're saying with Lyra's like, if the bad people think this is bad, then therefore it must be good mm-hmm. like there's a lot the 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 sort of the yeah. fundamental theology under the the gospel of judas is the like this planet you know this you know god is an asshole you're worshiping an asshole god who built a terrible world where the things happen and like that's how they Shit. i know yes. and like yeah and like <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah and this is <laughs> i was like kaz i found our religion when i <laughs> Oh, yeah, that yeah. was so. That was you mentioned like the Gnostics. Yeah, this right? is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is our people. Okay, so yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes. you know, that's how they answer the fundamental question of like, if God created the world, you know, how is there suffering? You know, how is there suffering if God cares for us and loves us and whatever? Mm-hmm. And that's that's their answer to it. Is like he doesn't. Well, he doesn't. He's an asshole. You're worshiping the wrong God. Every rule that he gave you is bullshit because, <laughs> like, God says not to eat pork. That's a hint that you should probably eat more pork. Yeah. God says that sex before marriage is bad. Like, <laughs> dude, you got to try it. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, great. Uh, <laughs> um, that, that reminds me of the, I don't know if you two have heard the story of uh, there, there were rabbis during the holocaust who put god on trial for what oh that's so cool and found and and found uh. god guilty of, of crimes against me but then this i think the punchline of the story is and then they went off to their evening prayers um i i, I forgot to i think that's a, i think it's a true story i think that they did actually put god <laughs> on wow trial. that's fascinating I love yeah. it. Yeah, I really like 
<laughs> yeah, I just, I really like the idea of, like, you know, just acknowledging, like, in some sort of, yeah, like, in religion or spirituality or whatever that, like, hey, maybe the world is not, like, this good, benevolent place. Like, maybe it's, like, a really unfair, cruel world and you're allowed to like have pleasure in it or rebel or whatever yeah. you want to do yeah. with that yeah or even just yeah. pushing back against because i feel like i get this vibe a lot um is from i guess this is kind of a fundamentally conservative point of view i guess but like i feel like i have this constant like meta dialogue back and forth of like but the world should not be this way why can't we have better health care why is i don't know the minimum wage so low why 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 is the world why why is the world suck in x particular way um and the response back well but that's just you know life isn't fair and that's yeah. just how the world works and like i guess this constant yeah but, but why? why this constant back and forth of like but it doesn't have to be but why but why and i think that's i don't know like i felt like that was also part of the the dust and the the idea of like kids demons changing and like kids ask questions like like i think that's a fun that's something in here too is it like kids ask questions and kids are always asking why and you got to get that under control kid mm -hmm. you gotta <laughs> it's all tied up in this as well that in. oh yeah learn that everything's unfair and, just and in one scene they actually have that there's like hmm. the priests or whatever that are sitting around and saying like yeah like we have to help these kids <laughs> we have to remove the dust so that they never question us again yeah and, and it's seen as like so benevolent yeah. like we just have to help them stop questioning like it, they'll have I, no, peace with themselves the the, the the statement was and we'll never have a free thinker again and they say that as if it's a good thing yeah like, they say that like there there will be peace in the world and we won't have any more free thinkers <laughs> That was almost like, yeah, cartoonish. Like, okay, go ahead, hit the nail on the head, yeah, why don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, what else is on our list? Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked a little bit about... Um, like Lyra as a person who has visions. Oh yes, we did. We talked about that. Yeah, her ability to read the alethiometer. Um, she peers into it and sort of sees down into mist of dust and sees images in the dust, um, and, and is then able to infer the truth of what's happening based on the images she sees. Um, and yeah, um, and in in the they they also set up that there's going to be journey to other worlds. We don't get there in this movie. The hope was that there would be other movies. And I think there was a clear setup mm -hmm. that there's going to be. Oh, I was going to travel to travel. Yeah, to no, I I, I um, did not. I was confused when the movie ended. <laughs> like, we're just yeah. done. We're just cutting to credits. What's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> Like that was, they're like, okay, let's let's go explore other worlds, and and so yeah, Lyra is definitely a this person who has visions and is going to travel other realities. Um, I think they're playing a lot with lies and truth. So Lyra's name is hmm. similar to liar, and in the book she lies a lot. Um, 
Yeah. She lied a little bit in the movie. Like yeah, a Lizzie, yeah. Her name is Lizzie Brooks. And, and, she, well, and she had this very dramatic story with the, mm-hmm. the children at the beginning of uh, a poisoned robe that's going to mm. burn them alive. You know, and, um, not to mention the polar bear king, that whole arc. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, that's right. She totally bold-faced lied to an armored fucking bear. I loved that, though. Bear. Yeah, she said she was his demon. Like, <laughs> Yeah. 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 The, yeah. That, yeah. That was going. Um, yeah, so she's a, a character who lies, and she has an instrument yeah. of truth. Yeah, and what does that mean? What can we what can we make of that? Like that feels like something. Yeah, and I'm it just, feels really important. Like the this like the tip of my tongue. Like ah, this 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 means something. <laughs> okay, can I can I throw pitch a theory? Awesome. Absolutely. All right. Um, so I I'm also a person with visions and experiences outside of reality, um, and I'm very sure of my my reality and my experiences but they don't always line up with other people's hmm. realities and other people's experiences and sometimes I really worry that people are going to think mm. that I'm lying oh. um, and but there's tr- so even if what has happened to me isn't true in consensus reality there's there's yes. mm-hmm. truth in it there's 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 metaphor happening in the real world to my truth or or my truth is metaphor for something happening in consensus mm. reality did that yes did absolutely that yeah so so this this child who's just this bold-faced liar telling these fantastical stories who carries truth with her like that just seems like so many mm. mad folks absolutely yeah um yeah, I think about that a lot, um, especially as a writer, too. Like, I, I've definitely written fiction or I've written creative nonfiction that, like, doesn't always stick exactly to the truth. And people are like, oh, like, how can you write this? You're making something up or whatever. Um, and it's like, yeah, but it's true for me or it represents the truth or, like, yeah. Um, I think his name is Tim O'Brien the things we carried um yeah he writes a lot about that and kind of just like yeah Yeah, how something completely made up can be completely true for someone um wow that's so rare that i'm in a conversation and i've read the book that someone (laughs) references um but yeah that that his stories the stories in that it was more stories from Mm -hmm. vietnam the stories weren't weren't literally true but the the, there was so much truth in them of like these were the experiences that he carried from, from yeah um, yeah no. yeah and even on top of that I've been uh, bear with me because this isn't like a fully fleshed out thought but like I've been like kind of turning over my head like the difference between like information versus like wisdom versus truth and like all the different intersections of that that like you can know a thing but not like understand a thing and the understanding of the thing might can be different from like the explicit literal um yeah Yeah, um there's uh or stephen colbert's word mm -hmm, of truthiness mm -hmm. yeah 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 
I feel like I feel like that was more of like a <laughs> joke. Though. It was a joke <laughs> but, that like um, touched on something important, though. I think so. It had tr- truthiness. Mm-hmm. Had truth <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know to like go explicitly political for a minute. Like, I think there's two like big interpretations of the 2016 election. Right? Like, there's sort of this story, and there's this, like, subjective feeling, right? That, like, this was the revolt of the white working class, right? Or this is, you know, this is, uh, you know, some kind of, like, big cultural moment. And I think there's really an important truth to that, and there's something there, and there's something to be said about, like, the reality that we existed and the way that people feel about it. But then also, if you zoom out to 20,000 feet, it, like Donald Trump won like was like one point off of Mitt Romney's um, vote shares um, and Hillary Clinton was like like one point off of Obama like they were both like it's an it's an incredibly marginal story that only matters around the edges mm-hmm. but it does matter and it is the story but also if you just mm-hmm. looked at it on like a bar graph right like it, it wouldn't look like a you know, sea change. It wouldn't look like the end of times or the beginning of a new era on a chart, but it means something and it is real to people and it is meaningful. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that with religion too, Hmm. that for me, there's a lot of stories in the Bible or whatever that like carry truth and then, yeah, can be interpreted how you want, you know, mm-hmm. um, like you can interpret them this right. Gnostic Absolutely. kind of <laughs> God is an asshole way. If you want. Um, but they can carry truth and be like myths and like important, um, but they don't necessarily need to be like factually true of things that actually happened or the commandments don't need to necessarily be like, okay, so this is exactly what you need to follow to the T. Yeah, they weren't blasted into a, into a stone by a bolt of lightning, right. but they are. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they're good things to follow or maybe not. Maybe they're things that an asshole God said that you should follow <laughs> and so you, you should question them. But either way, they can carry truth as like, you know, um, things that you should pay attention to or whatever. So yeah, I kind of felt like that's also what the book was playing with is like, yeah, this Adam and Eve story, like, okay, what if it is true? But what if the dust is actually good? Or what if it's not? What if it's like bogus, but it still has an effect? You know, it's, it's just, I felt like it was playing around with like, what's truth and what's not. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's kind of like the fun, like the, the, I don't know, the beating heart of the movie, really, I I think. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what is, what is truth? What is truth? (laughs) Yeah. Who's, who's, who's owning truth and who's monopolizing truth? And what happens when we give, like, actual truth to, you know, a child, like, a a little child who has visions, like, uh, Mm -hmm. let her own the truth rather than the authority mm, yeah yeah because that was part that was part of the story too was that in the movie they mentioned the movie the magisterium had confiscated and collected all of the awakenings mm. except for this and one. broken them right the magisterium wanted to round have, them up and smash yes, them the magisterium wanted to have them yeah wanted to have the monopoly on truth yeah that's a really interesting way to look at it mm. Which is why they don't want free thinkers. Yes. 
Oh, I was nope. wondering about um, Mrs. Coulter's story. I, I think the book goes a bit more into it. She and Lord Israel were together. Was yeah. she ever a free thinker or was she ever on his side kind of or um, was he on hers? So there's a, there's, I have on my Instagram, if you give oh. me a second, a screen capture of when I was reading the book, a later book. Uh, there's three of them. This was a, maybe the last one. Um, Mrs. Coulter gets called out, like, who she mm. is as a person. Can I, um, there's a quotation. And this is by, by an angel. So, like, this is someone who knows wow. the truth. Uh, all right. So, corruption and envy and lust for power, cruelty and coldness, a vicious probing curiosity, pure, poisonous, toxic malice. You have never from your earliest years shown a shred of compassion or sympathy or kindness without calculating how it would return to your advantage. You have tortured and killed without regret or hesitation. You have betrayed and intrigued and gloried in your treachery. You are a cesspool. Oh, shit. It's like the most vicious call out in children's literature. (laughs) Uh, Wow. So how is she with Israel? Because Israel is Lyra's father. Or, well... She was, I think the story was a little bit different in the movie. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. So she was married to um, Mr. Coulter. I don't remember what Mr. Coulter's mm. first name was. Uh, and had an affair with Lord Asriel. Um, and he fathered Lyra in this like mm. extramarital affair. Lyra, so in the movie, I think she said that she just wasn't allowed to keep Lyra because this was an extramarital affair mm-hmm. that's just not allowed. In the book, though, she was going to try to keep, the, like, pass the baby off as her husband's, but she let Lyra just looked too much like Israel. Um, and so she, uh, I don't remember, hid the baby away. Oh, Ma Costa was raising Lyra wow. at first hid the baby with um, with Egyptians and I don't remember there was there was a duel at some point and anyway Lyra ended up at a nunnery um, being ra- raised mm. to be a nun and a- Azrael just stormed in there and, and took her out of there and gave her to Jordan College Lord Azrael's like no fucking way <laughs> wow Interesting. Okay. That's so cool, and I can also completely understand why they cut that from the yeah, movie. I can understand that. <laughs> yep. I still, yeah, I was yep. just curious because I felt like, I don't know, I, I felt like there was some part of Mrs. Coulter who was sympathizing with the free thinkers, um, with, and she like, yeah, because she like, kind of encouraged Lyra's rebelliousness at first, and it felt like, it, it felt mm-hmm. like was there some part of her, and when when she said in the movie I wasn't allowed to keep you um I wondered if yeah if there was some part of her that like had been quashed by the magisterium and mm. um and I because I definitely got that sense with Azriel too he was kind of actively at one point discouraging Lyra's rebelliousness and he was like you this will not be easy for you this is going to be super hard for you look at what's happened to me um she has to witness him almost yep. getting poisoned so um, yeah, I kind of wondered about, yeah, the adults and kind of who who maybe would have been a free thinker if it hadn't been pushed out of them. 
Yeah, well, I think that, I don't think that, I think that Mrs. Coulter is only an authoritarian because it benefits her if she allies with mm. the authority. Like, that's, that's, her that's her That was the po- That was the whole point of the call out there. It's not, like, is just that she is, everything she does is because it, she's calculating how it'll mm. return to her. Yeah, she doesn't actually believe um, any of this. Like, I think she's just... No, she doesn't. She doesn't actually believe in the ma- like the in the authority of the magisterium. She's just like I'm going to wield this authority, and that's going. Yeah, to the only way to not get oppressed by the magisterium is to like become an oppressor. Yeah. Yes. Oh God, that just. Really- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just life. <laughs> yeah. That's just life. That's that's an, a, a really shitty part yeah. of life. Yeah. Uh- but it shouldn't be that way. But it is. <laughs> but it is. But why is it this way? Because God is an asshole. That's why. <laughs> because God is an asshole. God. Yeah. No, and I really got the sense that the movie was trying to say that, like, the better you conform, the more money you have. Like, mm. like that seems like a thing. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it was more explicit in the movie world that, like... Like, uh, I don't know, what what was it? It was like, oh, S- Professor such and such, we shouldn't invite him to any more of our parties. He's so boring. Or whatever, like, he doesn't... He's a bore. He, he doesn't fit in well enough, demoted. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah. I feel like we do, like, I think, like, every little, every crowd, every little subculture mm-hmm. does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every group of people... Yeah. So we also wanted to talk about Yorick the bear. The bear. Yes. I thought of another bear thing. Oh, no, I guess we kind of, you know, I thought of another bear madness. Mm-hmm. Do two. it. Um, all right. So when we first meet Yorick, this powerful should-be bear king, he's a drunken mess in an alleyway uh, ranting about... Um, the townspeople mm-hmm. have stolen his armor, um, and so his, which is uh, which for the bears, their armor is their mm-hmm. demon, is their soul. So his 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 soul and his purpose in life. Without his armor, he can't fight. He can't be be a warrior. His whole purpose in life has been stolen from him, and so he's just a drunken mess. Um, which ha- happened. It happened really quick that he got mm-hmm. his armor back. I wanted to see more drunken. Yeah, he had like four lines of dialogue, and then she's like, "I know where your armor is," and he's like, "Then I will be yours forever." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but I really wanted to, yeah, like, really wanted to pause on that and think about like loss of purpose, and and he's working too, mm-hmm. he's yeah. employed as a as a smith or whatever, and he's a drunken mess, yeah. and he's lost his purpose, and I was just thinking about like doing what we got to do to survive capitalism even though it's not what's in our hearts and souls and becoming a yeah. mess mm-hmm. about it um yeah that's a i feel like that's a totally a madness story yeah um the other bear madness was uh, Ragnar, the king, the king of the bears, the usurper king yes. of the bears. It's like a total Macbeth um, thing. I don't know. Who this feels like something Hamlet? Yeah, I guess. and who? 
Well, and he wants to be human, and he wants a demon, and he has this doll sitting on his. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, he's constantly playing um, with this little doll. Oh. He got a little doll. He's like, and like, I don't know, I don't know what what the alleg like what the allegory is there, but the image of this like powerful fucking polar bear sitting on a throne in a castle, yeah, holding a little doll, was like beautiful yeah I, w- I was really hoping you had something there because that was a big note that i had with a big question mark next to it it's like this means something I what have a, i have the note this means something what does this mean i have the note in the <laughs> i have i have a note about it but i don't i don't have i don't have what yeah it i mean i just felt um, like maybe the fact that he wanted a demon so much was maybe a symbol of like i didn't know if it was the book's way of trying to show that like demons are part of your personhood that they are a marker of personhood mm-hmm. and um if you don't have one then yeah then you are a lower status but oh i have a thought sure. i have a thought yeah i have a thought which is that the same way that like yorick is sort of treated as i don't know i almost want to say like like one of the like conquered tribes or something like oh yes a polar bear what you know um, what do you, the way that, um, man, I don't know. The only the only analogies that I can come up with are like ancient Rome. So I'm gonna roll with that. It was sort of the way that like the ancient Rome. Oh yes, yes. The uh, one of those uh, Frenchmen. Those are they're they're good at fighting. We'll we'll import a bunch of Frenchmen, hmm. bring them into the empire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not see. But it's not they're not people. They're they're. It's like the Dothraki. Yes, yes, there it is. There it is. There it is. It's the Dothraki that wants to be wants to be seen as a as a true gentleman and wants to wants to come into King's Landing and everyone keeps going, Ugh, look at this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's I think there there was a lot more in the in the books about yeah, like demons as a symbol of of personhood and that the bears are sort of seen as less than less than human because yeah. they don't have demons. Um, but I feel like that wasn't discussed no. in the movie and so it was just this like like the madness of this bear in thinking that he could ever be human. Um, uh, and oh maybe that actually I wrote that piece about delusions yeah. of grandeur. Uh, and how like claiming power status or privilege that were not handed by the system is madness and so like like if i were like like people who go into psych hospital or being held by psych hospitals and they're like you can't do this i'm a really important person i Mm -hmm. know people in high places i'm friends with you know the president the president is going to get me out of here um that, that like asserting yourself as this into this status or into having this privilege is yes. delusion. Um, and so here's this delusional, this mad mm, king. Mm, mm, mm. Um, oh, that's good. Yes. There yes. we go. We got it. We got there. <laughs> we, we got, got it. There. Tag team. We knew it was mad <laughs> and we got there. Yeah. 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 Any, oh, can I keep going with this actually? Which is that even the ways that, yeah, demons are used as yeah not just symbols of not just it's not just flat either it's not just have demon is person Mm -hmm. 
it's yeah it's you gotta keep control of your demon and you gotta all the different ways Mm -hmm. that you have to manage and curate and control and that that the level that you're able to do that at also is uh, defines your personhood and i think that ties to a lot it's cartesian it's what now cartesian explain the word like the body mind divide that like um yeah you have to like Rene descartes yeah yeah yeah. okay when you say cartesian i think like coordinates and i go straight to compass and then i'm trying to tie back to golden compass and that's not a thing (laughs) no no yeah yeah descartes um Sorry, you were just saying it better than I did. Yeah, just, like, this idea that, like, the body and mind Mm. are, like, separate and you have to tame your passions and emotions come from the body and you have to use your your mind and your intellect to, like, tame it. And I I felt like, yeah, that was very much in here, that, like, your soul is, like, separate from you and you have to, like, control it. And that's, that's a way to show how cool you are, how sane you are and rational. And does this relate to the bear king having like an actual like? Dog yeah, yeah, he's like taming it. He's oh. like. I have a I have a different I have a different theory. Uh huh. I have a different angle, I guess, which is sort of this idea that Donald Trump. It, yeah, it's it's all about. I don't know. He's he's just so like big, and I can't not yeah. make metaphors back to that. He is what poor people think rich people look like that he is simulating in this kind of way simulating what rich people i don't know they, they put a, put gold on everything and they're oh, really good at golf and they write books about how smart they are i'll have a book and i'll put gold on everything and i'll have my name on stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh it's i i i think there's a way that the bear the what's his name ragnar yeah is kind of doing the same thing like well what do you know he's he's saying like like what do they do well they have a little thing that follows them around everywhere fine i'll get a doll see i'm just like you (laughs) yep yep and and i think yeah well and and in the book too, they talk about polar, polar bears the, or the armored bears didn't have castles until mm. this king comes in and because oh. <laughs> yeah, the, that was one of the first things when when Yorick becomes king again. First thing he like orders the bears to do is just wow. Mm-hmm. We're not like them. We don't have to pretend to be them. They'll never let us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 that. It's it's this. I don't know. Whatever the secondary. I I, I guess second tier class I'm, I'm sure there's probably a lot of this kind of thing in the history of like colonized countries trying to be more like the colonizers and trying to yeah mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. well I can do castles too see will you accept me now mm. yes Zionist. yes <laughs> we can have a military too yeah 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 it's I mean I learned it from you <laughs> <laughs> It's similar to Rudolph too. Like, I can be useful. I can, I can fit in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a lot there. I'm glad we. I'm glad we got here. Yeah. This is this is like, the books, less more so than the movie are just, like something that I really would love to do like a close reading. Oh, that'd be so cool. Close reading of at some point. That would be awesome. Um, 
there's so much in them. Yeah. So we'll have a link to that course in the, in the show notes. <laughs> Whenever, whoever wants to join me in that, that could be like a, that could be a, a group yeah. chat or something. Be fun. Group projects. Yeah. Okay, I was joking about putting a link in the in the show notes, but if that's something that you're actually. Okay. No, I'm joking too. I just my jokes get, get okay. too real. Everyone sounded like they're excited about. I'm like, is this actually gonna happen? <laughs> Let's I do mean, it. I'm excited. I will just All say, right. <laughs> if people are no interested, though. though, like comment, comment on the yeah, podcast okay. or comment yeah. on social media. Get comment. get in touch with the Madness and Movies podcast on social media or yes. with Kaz and just you know like let let us know because if there's like a bunch of people who yeah. are interested, then we need to know that. So. <laughs> It it's, should happen. It's one of my favorite series, That's and awesome. there's so much. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. Cool. So that I, feels like a really good note to end on yeah. and start to wrap. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm. That feels like. Any closing point. thoughts from? Well, thank, yeah. thank you both for having. Yeah. Me. Oh man, this is. This thank has been you a for bomb. joining us. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Um. um so should we do the the wrap up spiel? Yes. The wrap up spiel. Let me try to remember all the bullet points. Um, let's see. First of which is, yeah, like us on Facebook. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's where we uh, we try to share this out and try to head, trying to encourage discussion there. Um, let's see. If you're listening, you're probably already subscribed, so that's fine. Um, oh, we do have a Patreon now. Um, we have had a lot of requests for um, transcripts, um, and transcripts cost money that we don't have and so we're trying to kind of just crowdsource this thing so if you can chip in five bucks a month to help uh help uh i don't know your deaf friends or people that just in, find it have an easier time reading than hearing help we're help make this podcast more accessible chip in some money it's gonna be great there's a link in the description um Tell a friend, I guess, is a thing, right? Tell yeah, a friend. Because yeah. I found out that, like, rating and everything on iTunes doesn't really help. Oh, I didn't know that. Nah, it doesn't really help. Yeah, so just, yeah. Tell, tell a friend. <laughs> if you're looking for a good way to start a conversation about kind of alternative, different perspectives on madness, um, please use this podcast as, you know, a conversation starter if you feel yeah. that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, shoot, there was one more thing. I swear there was one more thing. Oh, we were going to start saying this on every podcast. Um, uh-huh. This is not clinical advice or medical oh, yeah. advice about your mental health at all. Um, this is just philosophical and literary cinematography, like, explorations. So, yeah, um, separate from any advice or suggestions mm-hmm. and oh here's the thing here was the thing mm-hmm. if you have a movie that you want to see uh, yeah. covered uh, let us this. know and uh no promises but we might might invite you on to talk about it with us so please share your favorite uh movies and tell us uh tell us why why you see where you see madness Awesome. Um, Kaz, do you have anything you want to plug 
point to talk about? Uh, I don't, well, I, I guess check out radicalabolitionist.org. Hopefully we'll be, I'll be putting more things on there uh, as time goes on. And there's other folks who write for it, and it's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Excellent. Awesome. Hey, mad love. Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Thanks.